0: I'm done ah uh, okay. so my brain is just uh screaming
1: wow. i I
0: process a lot. I try to get myself to go back to sleep, but it doesn't always happen
1: <laughs> so do you keep do you keep a notebook
0: by your bed not a notebook uh three by five cards index cards okay, yeah, I just have okay. a pile of them and uh when i when I have dreams, I just write them down and then yep. Uh, I'm supposed to about every three months transcribe them into a Word document, so I have uh, a file. I'm way behind. Yes. I haven't done that in a long time. So you
1: have a pile of index cards about this big?
0: Oh gosh. Yeah, it's it's a big pile. I, I don't think I've transcribed anything into my um, journal in probably a year.
1: Oh wow! So yeah, you've got you've got
0: quite a bit quite a bit going on. Yeah, for sure. Very good. Uh, so yeah, I I had a dream. I've been having all these dreams about child sex trafficking.
1: I just noticed like a a a thread or two on this topic over the past week with you, and I was yeah. like, uh oh, he must be having dreams dreams on another topic now.
0: Yeah, after the election after stuff. Election. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wait a second! Yeah. This is a switch. We switched gears." Yeah, I I, I, ha- I was having nothing but you know a lot of Trump dreams uh, before the yeah. election, and right. since the election, it's switched gears to all the stuff about um, pedophile rings and sex trafficking kids, and
1: which goes cross party, cross just Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's nonpartisan stuff. Yeah. This is this is, and I didn't have a grid for this. Um, unfortunately, it's getting into some areas that i have been reluctant to think about and to look at like you know things like the illuminati
1: yeah it's 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 and deep all, ugly stuff
0: it's deep ugly stuff it's deep ugly stuff that a guy like me doesn't really have time for uh-huh and i have a lot of friends who are pretty uh, fringy as far as conspiracy theory stuff goes yes and they've been warning me about this stuff for years yep And I've always been like, you know, whatever.
1: Like, uh, I'm not going to touch that.
0: I I don't have enough headspace to go (laughs) go down that rabbit hole. Right.
1: But the dreams came.
0: Now the Lord has been giving me dreams about this stuff. Right. Not specifically about Illuminati and satanic cults and stuff. But as I have been doing some investigating online on Reddit and some other places, 4chan, oh gosh, I've run into some stuff that I'm just thinking, wow, I cannot believe this stuff is happening. Wow. It seems to be happening in many sectors of society.
1: Wow. So this is a little different than, well, I mean, I guess it's similar, but, you know, I, I've been learning a lot about sex trafficking in general, you know, you know, people, you know, kids being kidnapped and then all of that. But it seems like the dreams you're having are very specific to like rings and high, like high profile people oh, yeah. as it relates to this. Not so much, you know. Yep the dude trying to make a buck no, or the like, but this is like high, you know, yeah. High, high profile stuff. High profile stuff.
0: Yeah. Mostly involving the powerful and the wealthy. Wow. Um, it, it looks as if it is very pervasive in government Mm -hmm. and probably pretty pervasive in the corporate America among the upper echelon. Yes. Uh, it's been alleged for years that it's really pervasive in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so what? That's
1: I, the only one out of the three that I had heard about. Yeah,
0: I mean, everybody hears about that. I mean, yes. the, the, the teenage TV movie stars.
1: That's right. They're the ones who start telling stories about that. Not, they don't
0: yeah. tell full stories, no. but they allude to. And nobody really tells the full story. Yeah. Uh, because what I'm finding is the pressure... To get people to shut up about it is enormous. Uh, death threats. Does and, that make you
1: a little concerned about diving deep into this uh, for your no, own safety? No, it doesn't.
0: Right. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> You're like, God didn't give me these dreams for no reason.
0: <laughs> well, you know, when you look at what's going on, if you go far enough down the rabbit hole, you ultimately you come into pages and places where human sacrifice is going on for satanic cults wow and it doesn't take long to figure out if they would sacrifice children to get their power from satan they would think nothing about killing somebody who is going to rat them out
1: no no that's that's not a stretch of the imagination at all
0: right right so because you have that dynamic where there's so much power uh, to suppress and to keep it silent and to keep it all under wraps. What I've found is that these societies, they use code languages, code terminology. I had a dream about that where I actually had two dreams where the Lord was illustrating to me how they speak in these coded languages Yes. so that people around them don't have any idea what they're talking about. Wow. Um, they can talk about if you're in the know, if you're in the group. Yes. You'll, you'll know by the secret words, the colors, the, the references to things, you'll right. know that that's, that's what, a person who's signaling to you yes. that they're on board with what you're doing. Right. But if you are not hip to what they're, you have It would no just sound concern.
1: like a regular conversation.
0: Yep. And when you find their stuff on social media, you, it doesn't throw red flags. Right, right. And you find talk on websites and you find signs, you know, out in the public you have you're oblivious to it, that but is if you're crazy. but if you're in the group and you'll see those signs and you see the code words and the colors and stuff, you,
1: you know that's know a safe exactly to call. what's or... going on,
0: right? You know who to call, you know where you to, you know when, you know where the where the doors are, where the places are. What's sick? It's really it's really really crazy. Wow. But that is what the Lord has me on right now. Um, I can tell you what He's been speaking to me about. Oh gosh, it's so it's so deep and so vast. But here's my here's my selling point. Yeah. I think to the charismatic church mm-hmm. on this issue which when people hear about it they're like, "Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that someone should do something about that."
1: <laughs> it, yes.
0: But how much? I mean, other than other than some people who go to places like Thailand. Yes. And go to places where there's obvious human trafficking going on. Uh, There are a few people who will go to truck stops and try to bust trafficking rings at truck stops. But it's a a massive problem. The FBI, I was reading an article uh, where they interviewed some FBI Mm -hmm. agents. And the FBI has basically said, pedophile rings in the United States are at near epidemic proportions. It's just unbelievable how bad it is. Wow. It's in the church, it's in entertainment, it's in government, it's in business, it's everywhere. And what the Lord said to me the other night is he said, you know how all of your friends are praying for revival? Yes. He said, what do you think is actually stopping revival from coming? Mm. And I said, well, there's a lot of theories on that, but I don't really have any good ones and you know the answer, so why don't you tell me, Mm -hmm. said, okay, so go back to the Old Testament, days of Israel, when Israel was worshiping idols in the high places and where they were sacrificing their children to Molech and to Baal. What happens to a nation that sacrifices its children? Mm. And we're not talking abortion. No, we're we're not. We're talking human sacrifice for satanic rituals. And if this is happening in the highest places of your nation, and you are doing nothing to stop it, why would you expect revival to come to your nation? Wow. When the highest people in the land are sacrificing children to Satan. Wow. And and what, what the Lord told me is, If we will deal with this thing, expose it, prosecute the people involved, free the children, it is only then that we're going to see revival come. Wow. Because the people who are in charge, the leaders, government, business, entertainment, even in the church. Yes. In every sector. Yes. This is going on. And it's being winked at and it's being nodded at. And it is not being confronted. And we really need people like Jehu who will come and have kind of a ruthless spirit and say, right. you know, this stuff has to end. Yeah. And heads are going to roll. Yeah. So what, what, I've been, what I've been doing with my friends on Facebook is I've been digging into 4chan and Reddit and the places where this stuff can be found. Mm-hmm. And I've been sharing it with my friends and asking them to pray that it would be exposed. Yes. Right now, that's the only assignment I have from the Lord okay. is let people know what's going on. Let people know it's real and have a few hundred people praying that yes. stuff would be exposed. And it is being exposed. Yes. It's being exposed. The FBI is making arrests. They haven't made arrests in the higher levels yet. It's all low-level okay. stuff right now. Yes. But I think...
1: But they have awareness...
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. ...that it's happening oh, at the oh, highest yeah. levels, but they haven't been able to... <laughs> the, 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 one of the problems, I think, of what's going on between the FBI and the Department of Justice is that there are people in those agencies that are involved. And right. They, they don't want it coming out. Wow. So I think with a turnover of personnel in government, maybe we can get some of this stuff prosecuted. I say. Maybe. Wow. But, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to take, take cooperation on the part of a lot of people who have been unwilling, have been unwilling to cooperate for a long yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's some, um, that's some serious stuff.
0: That is some serious stuff. Um, and it has been just wearing on my mind. Um, <laughs> It's pretty much all Denise and I have been doing for the last two weeks. Uh, We get up in the morning, and when we go to bed at night, we are researching and reading and listening to videos and documenting things. Uh, I'm cataloging and indexing the information that we find. Because, unfortunately, as soon as this stuff gets uh, uncovered, it gets erased. It gets deleted. Websites are changed. Storefronts are changed. As soon as somebody finds out that uh, they've been exposed, they start hiding all the evidence. Right. And it's really difficult to get a good string of evidence, a chain of evidence on this. Yes, WikiLeaks has helped a lot. Um, we've been going over the WikiLeaks emails. And there's a lot of stuff in there that is very... Does this stuff
1: go way back? Like the, when you look oh, yeah. at the WikiLeaks stuff, this was like yeah, yeah. years of stuff?
0: Yeah. It, yeah, on yeah. this topic it's, Yeah, it goes back to before the Obama presidency, actually. Oh
1: wow, wow.
0: Um, that, so we've been looking at into that, we've been looking at the documents and archiving stuff. Um, it, the, the, I, I think I suspect that this problem in government has probably it's been there for decades. right. It's actually been well documented in government. Local governments and state governments, some degree in, in federal governments, but mostly in like U.K., Australia, places like that, it's been exposed. Okay. It's not, in the federal government, the United States, it hasn't been exposed yet. Hmm. It's, it's going on, it's been going on for a long time. It just hasn't been exposed. From time to time, uh, s- state and local government employees will be exposed and prosecuted. But the really tragic thing is. They typically get very light sentences. They're typically pardoned early Mm -hmm. or released early. The children and the people involved, the victims, seldom get healing and integration and get the kind of ministry that they need. That's one of the biggest problems Mm -hmm. that I think we've got right now. Um, And this is what I'm concerned about. I had a dream, I think it was two nights ago, and Denise and I were talking on Facebook. We have a group Conversation going on right now with some friends where we're trying to strategize what kind of resources and what kind of uh, issues we're going to have with this. And one of the things that I'm very concerned about is uh, is the enormity of the task. You know, let's say 10, 15, 20,000 people are eventually prosecuted from this activity. What happens if you have two or three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or maybe a million victims of sexual abuse, satanic ritual abuse, mind control? How do you get those people help? How do you get them to a safe place? How do you get them healed? The church doesn't have the resources right now right. to minister to that many people and to get that many people healed. And, and I'm afraid that a lot of those people are going to fall into the hands of more predators.
1: Where are, So any insight into, okay, so ch- the, the children who are involved in these rings, it's like, so, I mean, where are the kids? Like, I don't understand, are like, these kidnapped children?
0: It's, it's crazy. Is it like? It's, so there are places... One of the places it has traditionally been rampant is on military bases.
1: The children of soldiers?
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. If you look back now, you saw one of the links that I posted. It's a link to an article that looks at six different case studies of pedophilia, pedophile rings around the world that were investigated, documented, and the people involved. Either the cases were dropped, the evidence was lost— the evidence was covered up grand juries decided not to prosecute um psychologists got involved who brought testimony that disallowed any of the te- the testimony of the children i mean everything in the world was done to make sure these wow. cases were not prosecuted even if it, very few of them ever went before a grand jury but when they did uh or when they went to trial there was all this all these people came out of the woodwork to uh, make sure that nothing happened. Judges were pressured to to uh, find the people not guilty. It's, it's crazy. The Presidio in San Francisco is one well-documented case where they had a, a, a daycare center there. And the kids were being uh, raped and, and tortured. And t- they were taken to different buildings. And uh, a lot of evidence of satanic ritual abuse people involved were not prosecuted. And it happened at West Point. It happened at a bunch of different military bases around the country. This is in the uh-huh. 80s and 90s. Um, that kind of stuff is, is going on. And then on they go back to their parents care. and the
1: parents are wondering why their child yes. is acting like a nut? And,
0: and the parents can see that their children have been sexually abused. They report them. And nothing
1: and happens. nothing is done about it. Nothing is done wow. about it.
0: It's just wow. its crazy. When you start looking into this, there's been a, a really well-documented history of it. But I'm t- telling you, the press doesn't want to report it. The people involved are being protected. It's just, it's insane. Wow. So one of the things that I think we're going to see, I, I'm praying yeah. that we're going to see in this next year or two, is, um, is is a government that is willing to do the right thing and make sure these people are prosecuted and that the victims get help. Right. It's, it's, it's very, pervasive. very pervasive. And this is, this is an, absolutely an absolutely new thing to me. This was not on my radar three weeks ago. I, I just, I, I've just been studying and researching like crazy for the last you know, couple weeks. It
1: is wild. It's wild how God works with you. It's like you'll be on the economy, yeah. you know, yeah. He'll have you deep dive. Yeah. It's like okay, right. no one talks about, we're not talking about that anymore, okay? You <laughs> know, we're deep diving in traveling on the spirit. No, okay, like we're not. That. Yeah, it's so it's fast. like yeah, it's like that.
0: It it switches like that, and that's you know like um, well, I've I've told the Lord, I'm like, look, I want to be on assignment for whatever you want me yes. to be doing. So, just give me the heads yep. up, give me the information, and I'll and I'll do my best to research it and learn about it and then share the information with people who want to be involved. And uh, yeah, yeah, for a while, you know, I, I'm still interested in traveling in the yeah. spirit. I'm still getting testimonies. Yeah. I'm still teaching yeah. on that uh, at the school of supernatural ministry. Yeah, how did
1: everything go? It was awesome. It was
0: awesome. Well, it was awesome mostly because I went through some emotional healing before I went and taught. Nice. Because I had um, an altar, I've had I've had a few dreams and some inklings that I have suffered some emotional trauma that caused some alters and a lot of fragments. Yes. And I went through this emotional healing process a couple of years ago and found some of it and got some of it healed and integrated. Yeah. But I knew there was more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so I went back through another two-hour session with my friend Matt, mm-hmm. found an, another alter, major altar. Like, I don't dissociate. I don't have blackouts and periods right. where I don't know what's going on. Yep. Um, I just had this alternate personality inside of me that is yes. very different from the outgoing, gregarious social yes. me. Yes. I have this me that wants to crawl in a cave. Yes. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to be on social media. I just want to Be in my cave for two or three weeks and not talk and not be around anyone. Yes. I have that kind of Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. Mm hmm. So uh, we did a little healing session. We found that altar. He was literally in a cave uh, inside me somewhere. I didn't even know I had this inner world. Yeah. I I know that people who have multiple personality disorder are aware of an inner world where, where the multiples live. Yes. I was never aware of that, but I saw it in wow. the healing session. I saw the inner world. Wow. And so um, Jesus came and he healed, integrated this altar. And it was an amazing experience for me because, like, when I spoke at the Arizona Healing Rooms two or three months ago, mm-hmm. and I did, that, I did that teaching on altars and fragments and emotional healing. Yes. After I did that message, I was exhausted emotionally drained i didn 't want to talk to anyone for three days. I literally just wanted to spend the entire time in my bedroom. I laid in bed a lot i was I was wiped out. Yeah. I did not want to talk to anyone or be anyone for three days mm-hmm. after that experience because i i don 't even know why I just know that that me, that version of me came up and didn't want to talk to anyone and be around anyone.
1: Wow. I just
0: became, I just became a recluse after that. And that's how it's been. Like, I like teaching and I, I like public speaking, but there is, there is always been this low-level anxiety and fear and apprehension about being in social environments like yes. that. It's like part of me loves it and yeah. part of me hates it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So after I went through this emotional healing, I thought, okay, this will be good because now I have to go out and speak at churches and schools Yes. six nights in a row. Which
1: is gave, pretty intense.
0: I gave seven messages six, at six different locations. Wow. At seven different locations over six days. It was intense. Yeah. yeah. We were driving around the state. Um, this was I
1: organized had, by like one yep.
0: thing? So there's... Yep, there's okay. a uh, an or it's 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 a very loose organization. It's just a, a couple of guys. My friends Tom Schermitzler and Jim Weiss, okay, and Lila Shaw, the, the three of I them. S- uh,
1: yep, I see her name but, a lot.
0: Yeah, Lila's not a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim and and Tom are the teachers. They, yes, they'll they'll do teaching. Lila is kind of a coordinator facilitator. it's gotcha. with people and she's helping out. So they had they took over this school of supernatural ministry mm-hmm. for the state of Arizona okay. that had been going for about 5 years until the original the founder and the coordinator died last oh, year oh okay um, she died suddenly okay so the school kind of fell apart and then these folks picked it up this year and decided that they're going to run with it and make it happen again so good we're, so they're doing supernatural ministry at six locations in Arizona, they're actually going to add a seventh location in Tucson mm-hmm. next semester, and they just have people come in from different parts of the country, and they they drive them from one location to another location during the week. Yes. Speak at a different place um, each night of the week. So it was kind of cool for me because I was able to drive there myself, me and Denise, yes. in the Jeep. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> and come home and sleep at home Yes, exactly. No airplanes, no hotels. That's right. Can't beat it. None of that nonsense. That's right. We're not really big on that. In fact, if it had not been the fact that we would be able to drive home every night and sleep on a bed, we probably probably wouldn't wouldn't have done done it, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it was great. I uh, I put together a talk uh, on two different subjects, really. One is... Traveling in the spirit in general, and then specifically the courts of heaven, because people are so interested in the courts of heaven. Yes. And we've been getting a lot of really cool testimonies uh, from people who have been trying it. Yes. The rookies who go there for the first time, they have the best testimonies. Oh, my God. Well,
1: I'm looking to be added to that list. My my first was a flop, so... (laughs) Was it really? It was a flop. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing (laughs)
0: Well, that's the thing. You don't know what you're doing. Right. So you get there, but but if, you can, if you can connect with Jesus and if you yes. can connect and see the judge and all that stuff, once, once you're able to do that, most of the testimonies that I've heard from people said, oh, yeah, it was short. It's pretty easy. You know, I saw Jesus. I saw the judge. Yes. I heard the not guilty. I saw some demon over there. He was running his mouth. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a group going on talking about just that topic, too?
0: Oh, I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't. Okay. Um, should I get one?
1: <laughs> I don't know. We've got a lot of stuff going on, but if, there's, if, there's a, if there is something you're looking to go towards and want a community around that, then it would make sense.
0: Yeah. I just created a group to discuss the uh, pedophile ring.
1: Which makes sense because there's an outcome that you're looking for in terms right. of getting people together for prayer right. and...
0: Yeah. This is what we're learning. This is what yes. we've found. And and it's a secret group. So yep. whatever gets posted, nobody gets to see it unless right. you're not a member. And yep. that was, I had a couple of friends contact me and said, hey, I'd like to talk about this, but I can't do it on a public timeline because my friends and family are going to see what I'm posting right. and I don't want them to see it. Right. So that's why I just, you know, secret. That group. was
1: wisdom. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But no, traveling in the spirit and the courts of heaven don't. There are a lot of groups on Facebook where they're already talking about this stuff. Okay, okay. Actually, quite a few. If you go on Facebook... And I think
1: I, I'm in... I recently joined one. Um, yeah. I think it was called Courtrooms of Heaven.
0: Courtrooms of Heaven. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's the admin of that... I'm trying to think of his name. Can't think of it. But that group has been active for several years.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. There's a
0: lot of people in it, and there's a lot of people posting, asking yeah. questions, sharing testimonies. I'm, I'm in that group, and I post... In there once in a while.
1: Okay. Okay. If
0: people are interested, and that's why I didn't create my own group. Because right, because there was
1: already resources to send people Actually, to. I
0: have a group on Facebook. It's called Traveling in the Spirit. I, you I created do? That, oh, yeah. I created that group, gosh, probably four years ago. Uh-huh. When we first started speaking, talking publicly on Facebook about Traveling in the Spirit, and it was
1: taboo.
0: Yes. Nobody wanted to talk about it.
1: Right, right.
0: Oh. Uh, so we decided to create a group and i did and we had some conversations initially and then uh, I, it it became a subject i was talking about more openly yes and i was having the discussions on my on my timeline and people are jumping in and i'm inviting people to come into the conversations openly right so now i don't the the group is still there yeah but we're having I a don't lot of people feel more the need discussion. to have yeah. Right, right, right. I, I've pretty much put my, all my friends on warning this year, and I said, look, I'm going to be We're going to be I'm, talking about some deep I'm stuff I'm going to be talking here. about traveling the spirit the courtroom is heaven. And right. If, if you are on board with stuff, you are welcome to the conversation. If right. you do not have a grade, and if you think this is heresy, well, you might want to just either ignore me, or <laughs> there's the Time unfriend Unfriend
1: button. or unfollow, or whatever you want to do. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and that's how it rolls. Yeah. But, that's good. But it's been good. It's been good. Um, You know, it's kind of funny because I published a book on traveling in the spirit. Yes. The spirit made simple. And that came out, I think, in September.
1: That was September, I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Early in September. Yeah. And darned if all of a sudden I don't start getting all these questions from people about the courts of heaven. Which is one of the chapters in the book. Yes, right? but it's,
1: all the questions were directed on that right. specifically. Yeah, it's
0: like, it's like 18th chapter is Courts of Heaven. And yes. chapter 19 is the Divine Council. Yes. Well, I'm, I have been getting some questions about the Divine Council too. I'm re- uh, I, I am actually
1: in the process of rereading it because, you know, you made a lot of changes since oh, the one that I read. So now I, I'm, I, I'm rereading now. Of,
0: yeah. yeah. But the Court of Heaven is a thing that a lot of people are interested in, you know, Robert Henderson put out his book, Operating the yep. Courts of Heaven. And so it's been a subject. There's a lot of interest. A lot of people are going there. A lot of people having experiences. And there's a lot of people who are new to it. Yes. Who are trying it now. Yes. And so I'm getting all these questions. And I thought, you know, <laughs> this is how all my books start out. Yep. Start Frequently asked questions. Write <laughs> out these answers. And then I think, you know, if I put this in a book, it would actually help a lot more people. Yes. So I wrote this short ebook. Yep, called, I've
1: got that one.
0: Uh, Defeating your adversary in the court of heaven. Yes. Holy moly, Shay! I, I've been selling a hundred copies a day. Are you I, serious? I'm, I'm not oh joking. <laughs> <laughs> when it first came out, it was selling three or four hundred copies a day. Oh my gosh! That's what? how much interest there is in the subject. That's
1: amazing. Heaven.
0: I'm like, wow, people really want to know about this.
1: Wow. So, yeah,
0: it's been, it's been selling. It was, it was for the first month it was selling, ballpark, about 150 copies a day, pretty regularly. <laughs> now it's done about 100 copies a day. A day. Right. I can, yeah. And we're trying to get the print book available. Yes. Um, Denise has been very, very distracted. I haven't written anything in any of my books. Yes. She hasn't done any graphic design. We want to get all of our eBooks available in print now because we're getting so many people asking us, "Hey, do you have paperback for this?" Right. I'm like, well, we only have it in, as an eBook, so I end up saying, "That's because
1: Denise doesn't like to deal with the shorter ones."
0: She doesn't. But <laughs> she's, she, she has agreed that to, she'll do the
1: smaller ones.
0: To do the paperback copies for all of the books okay. that, have, that have only been available in, in eBook. Okay. We're working on. The, the Traveling in the Spirit or the Court of Heaven one right now because that's the one that, that everyone's interested in. Yes. Yeah, that thing has been selling like crazy.
1: That's amazing. How's the uh, Traveling in the Spirit one doing?
0: Well, hang on. I'm going to tell you about the first one, the Courts of Heaven one. Yes. So it is the highest rated book I've ever written on Amazon. The, the one on the Courts of Heaven? Yeah. Nothing but five-star reviews.
1: Wow.
0: People are just raving. They love it. It's, they say it's simple. It it's is simple. Easy. It takes all the mystery out of you know, the thing. And that was my whole goal. Really right. what I did was I found seven questions that people kept asking me. Yeah. These seven questions. Like, I know that I'm actually in the court of heaven. How can I hear the accusation? What do I do when I first get there? Okay, I got, I got my verdict and I got my scroll. What do I do then? So kept getting these same questions. So those are the chapters. The chapters are, here's question number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Yeah. Just, you know, this is what you should say. This is what you should not say. Mm -hmm. This is what you should do next. This is what you should do. Look for Jesus, find the judge, get your uh, verdict, and then enforce the verdict and all that. So people just have loved that book. Now, the book on Traveling in the Spirit was selling really well until the one on the court. Uh, <laughs> They're like, what I really want to know. <laughs> well, people are like, well, who, I don't need that. I want this book first. Cause I want to go right to the courts of heaven.
1: Right. So, That's
0: it's, funny. But the one on traveling in the spirit is still selling well. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, it's like, um, how would I describe it? It's like, the book on traveling in the spirit is like a hotel. Yes. And the book on the courts of heaven is like the lobby. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. People but are people like, are oh, I just went you know, to the lobby. Yes. You know, oh, check out, they got a TV, flat screen watch some TV there. Watch yes. And, you know, and then, but you know, eventually, <laughs> hopefully, they'll they'll start realizing this is a huge hotel. There's a lot. Yes.
1: There's lots there's... more to explore here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good because. um the Traveling in the Spirit book has been really well received. Yeah. Uh I, I have had some one star reviews on it. And and I don't I don't stress about one star reviews. Right. The peop both of the people who left one star reviews, there's only two of them. They didn't read uh, said, I I didn't read this book, but this <laughs> but this looks really scary and it, it could be deceptive. You should, you know <laughs> don't read this book like Okay. Yeah. Well, at least if you're going to give the book a one-star review and you haven't read it, at least admit that you haven't read it.
1: And they did, which is good, because people That's will read that and say, okay, well, you didn't that, read the no, book, that, so.
0: No. Yeah. I did have an interesting three-star review. Okay. Traveling in the Spirit book. Okay. We, actually, the woman who left the three-star review was a friend of mine. Okay. And she said, you know, Frank is a friend of mine. I, I read most of his books. This one stretches me beyond my comfort zone and i'm not too sure about some of the stuff that's in here (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay well i asked the lord what should i do with that and he said well he goes did you know that this book was going to stretch people and i said yes yes and he said mission accomplished. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't, I don't worry too much about, you know, reviews and stuff, but yeah. But most, you know, 85, 90% of the reviews are four and five star. People really like it. They say that it's helped them. It's, it's straightforward. It demystifies things. You know, you know me, I got the biblical basis yep. in the first chapter yep. and all that stuff. So it's been really well received. Um, it's, uh, Seems to be helping move the conversation. That's good. That direction, and I've gotten a lot of testimonies from people That's who good. are read the book, and then they're like, "Oh my gosh, wait a minute! I had this like dream thing the other night where I went somewhere and I was praying over this person to be healed, and I thought it was just a dream, but it was so real. Yes, and like I read your book, and I realized I was probably actually there. Yes, and the penny has dropped for a lot of people.
1: It's funny because I had, a, um, I had a dream a couple nights ago, maybe about three or four nights ago. And I actually woke up out of my sleep, cracking up laughing. I was with a, the friend who I always tell you the stories about the one whose bedroom I showed up in. Right. Yeah, same friend. I okay. was with her and we were having this, and it wasn't, we didn't go anywhere. We, you know, we didn't go anywhere, but we were having a conversation. And I remembered aspects of the conversation, but I just remember we were having the best time and we were cracking up laughing. And when I woke up, I woke up laughing. I actually thought that this had, I was confused a little bit. You were disoriented
0: because it was so real.
1: Right, because it was so real. (laughs) And my husband's like, what's so funny? And I'm, because I'm cracking up. And I was like, and I was like confused for a moment. Because I was like, no, I was with Shay. Wait, I was, I I was like confused. (laughs) I sent a text to her. I was like, hey, you and I had a great time last night cracking up, you know? Did she have any
0: awareness? She did of it?
1: not. She did not.
0: Nope. She Most of the not. time, that's the case. Most of the time, when you go and visit somebody, they have no recollection of it. Yes. I have had one experience. I actually had several experiences where both parties were aware something was going on. Yes. Like um, Mike Van Vleiman. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. When Mike published his book, uh, Supernatural Transportation. He sent me the manuscript, uh, in a Word document so that I could read it because we agreed that we would like share, compare notes before we published our books. Yes. So he sends me the document. It's literally like two days before he published it. <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot of time to read it. <laughs> or give him feedback, but it was cool because it's a good book anyway. So the night that he sends me the manuscript, I'm reading it. I get it four chapters into it. And he has this amazing revelation that answers a major question that I had, a, that had, I had to answer in my book, but I didn't have an answer for. Yes. So he just, boom, gives me the answer to the question. And I'm like, this is so awesome. That night, I had a dream where Mike Van Vleiman and Bruce Allen came to visit me uh-huh. in the dream. And Bruce was teaching me uh, about traveling in the spirit. <laughs> wow now, now when i sent mike a message the next day i said so um i had this uh dream like thing happened last night you and bruce allen came and visited me and he goes yeah he goes i was wondering who i was visiting he goes i know i was visiting someone last night uh i, I felt and i knew that i went somewhere to be with somebody else but he wasn't sure but he, he didn't, he didn't know, know the
1: details he
0: could not remember who it was interesting so, yeah, it was me uh so every once in a while, I'll, That's interesting. Like I, I had this friend, Josh, um, I had a dream one night where I was going around visiting different people. Yeah. He had a dream the same night. I came to the dream in this dream and I prayed over him for his shoulder to be healed and he was actually healed. He woke up in the morning and his shoulder pain was gone. Wow. Um, so every once in a while, like I get a testimony from someone who I visit in their dream. Yes. And they're like, wow, this is what happened. And, and you, were, you were unaware. Most of the time, I'm unaware. Although okay. many times, I'll have a dream that kind of illustrates that something is going on. But right. I'm not real super aware of what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Wow. That's wow uh, stuff. It's,
0: it's interesting stuff. Huh. And interesting stuff.
1: So how do you deal with this, like, you know, transition from one topic to the, like, you know, I'm on this and now I'm having dreams about this. And so now you are on Trump for a while. Yep. And then it was like, okay, oh, wait, no, we've shifted. Do you do these shifts with ease?
0: Yes. Um, the thing is, uh, the Lord usually has me multitasking continuously. Okay. So when I'm writing books, I always have four or five books in the works at any given time.
1: On various topics.
0: On various topics. So I've been working on this book on Power and Authority, Power and Authority Made Simple. Yeah,
1: I remember you mentioning that. Okay. I've been
0: working on that. That'll probably be the next book in the in the Made Simple series.
1: Okay.
0: been working on that for uh, probably a year. Okay. I'm also working on a book. a so Bogren uh, or, or? Bogren. Right? Bogren. So I'm working on the novel. Okay. Boblin, and that is actually turning into a trilogy. I have concepts and characters and some of the content for three books, actually. Are you
1: writing all of them before you release one, or are you releasing one, or are you going to finish one release? Uh, Yeah,
0: I'm working on Bogren, the the novel, and a lot of people are giving me a bad time because they really want that book out. Yes. But I have been... I've I've been... So I'll get to uh, talk about the books. I've been working on a book called... Emotional Healing and Deliverance Made Simple. Okay. Working on that for about two years. Yep. Uh, it's going to be mostly testimony based. And then I'm working on the novel and I'm working on concepts for some shorter like ebooks. Yep. So I'm always working on those things. As I'll get some revelation, as the Lord gives me a dream, as I work with somebody on emotional healing or something of that nature, I'll take that revelation and write it down and throw it in the document and put it in a folder on my computer in that yes. book folder. Yes. So I have, I'm, I'm building the content for each book as I go. Yeah. So I'm used to multitasking. And, yeah. And, and, you know, the Lord has me working on healing, physical healing sometimes, although most of that is, I mean, I've written probably 40 or 50 articles on, on physical healing yeah. alone. And I've almost drain the well dry on that subject. <laughs> but, you know, emotional healing is something, deliverance is something else, t- traveling in the spirit is something else, hearing God's voice, seeing in the spirit, right? all these different subjects. So I'm used to the Lord speaking to me on a variety of topics. Yes. I've never been a one-topic person. Yeah, yeah. i always been a lot of different things. Uh, then, you know, Trump came along. Yeah. And then I started having all these Trump dreams. In the middle of having the dreams of Trump and what God's doing there, I'm still getting revelation about emotional healing. Yes. Well, I have some bad news for people who, if you're not (laughs) a fan of Donald Trump uh, and you follow my website, you're going to continue to get more revelation about (laughs) Trump. So you're still
1: having dreams.
0: Oh, yeah. And the Lord has told me he's going to continue to give me dreams. Yes. All the time while Trump is in the White House, I believe. The Lord oh, wow. is going to continue to show me revelation about what he plans to do through the Trump administration yes. all through his presidency.
1: Oh, that's exciting.
0: That's, that's what I signed on for. Yeah. That, you know, here's the thing. Like, a lot of uh, prophets will get a word for the, from the Lord about who is going to be the next president.
1: And that's the end.
0: And that's it. And right. then they go on to their other, their other ministry. Yep. This is what, you know— church things and other things and they never hear anything more until the next four years later when there's another election. That's right. So the Lord didn't actually tell me who the president was going to be. Yes. He said, he said, if the people choose to elect Trump, (laughs) these are some of the things that may happen. Yes. So he is, he has been continually giving me revelation about things that are going to happen months and years down the road. Yes. And, you know, like I was not a Trump supporter.
1: I know. I remember.
0: I I just, I wasn't. Yeah. I I was, I was on board with a lot of, you know, evangelical conservative. Hey, you know, other candidate, another candidate. And Denise and I were very, very supportive of this candidate. Yes. But then we started having these dreams. And I was like, really? Are you kidding me? You want to use that guy? (laughs) 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 But, 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 but. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You know. Yes. But the thing was, I said, okay, I, I want to be open to whatever you want to show me about this character. Yes. Whatever you plan to do, I'll try to be as faithful as I can to share what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. Just give me the revelation and I'll share it to the best of my ability. Yeah. So I didn't know what I had actually bitten off when I kept, <laughs> I kept, I kept having more and more and more and more dreams about Trump. Wow. And so I, I expect that I will continue to get more revelation about what the Lord plans to do through the Trump administration. Yes. In years to Yes. But then there's this thing with, uh, there's this thing with, um, the, the pedophile rings yeah. that that will be an ongoing thing. I would imagine for some time, I've already had three or four dreams about that. Yeah, um, There are going to be other things. Yeah. There, there are other things that he are on his heart. That's right. And so I'm used to multitasking. Yes. Um, I, I try to be as quick and obedient as I can. Like this is how I teach people about supernatural ministry. I will have an experience I'll learn something new about like traveling in the spirit or hearing God's voice or healing. And I will start sharing it a day or two later (laughs) with people. Oh, wow. You know, it kind of makes Denise a little bit worried sometimes because she's like, look, this is new. We, we haven't talked about this. Yeah. I've never heard of this before. Right. We, we need to, you know, pray about this and get so some. Let's authentic. process this
1: some more. <laughs> and,
0: I'm, and I'm like, no, people need to know about this. <laughs> like, I don't ever tell anyone, look, this is, take my word for it. Right. I'm like, right. no, no, no. Here is something that happened to me. Here's something that I stumbled upon or that the Holy Spirit showed me. Take it and use it. And ask the Holy Spirit how to use it in your life or whatever. Right. If, if you, if I it'll, mean, that's
1: fair because it's not like you're saying this. I, I, I mean, we can't refute, or people can if they want to, but someone's experience, right? it's their experience. You can either say, okay, I believe that that was their experience and that it means something, or this, that person's a bunch of, you know, talking a bunch of BS, Right. right? But right. it's still your experience. You're not saying, I'm teaching this XYZ as some gospel truth or some, or some, you know. You're just like, this is the experience that I had.
0: Exactly. It's, for me, it's a little bit like cooking, you know. I had this recipe for, you know, roast beef. Yeah. And the other day, I tried putting in, you know, a new, new spice. And, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. You should try it. You might like it. You might hate it, but you might like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's me. My thing is, I, I tried this. Because I didn't know what else to do, and it worked. Yeah. And most of the time, when people try the crazy stuff that I tell them to do, they have good results.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I,
0: <laughs> I have, over the years, I've become less fearful about sharing my crazy experiences. Yes. <laughs> because it usually works out okay.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good.
0: Man. So, so Shay. Yes, sir. I just read that you have a plans to release three books next year. I do. Can you tell me? It could be more, but (laughs) three. Since we're both podcasters and interviewers, now I get to ask you a question. Okay. What is up with the three books that you're going to release next year?
1: Okay, so the one that I'm writing is called uh, "Grace Over Grind," how uh, grace will take your business places grinding can't. So that's going to be a book that I'm working on. So that's all about because you know, with entrepreneurs, it's almost like a badge of honor to say I hustle hard or you know, right. I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know,
0: all of those yeah. things. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I started, I, that used to be one of my mantras. <clears throat> you know, years ago when Denise and I met, yes. I would always say, because I'm paramedic, and sometimes I would go two or three days without sleep. Yeah. And I'd always tell her, I can sleep when I'm dead. She's like, mister, you are going to stop saying that because yes. you're going to get on a regular shift and you're going to start sleeping at night. That's right. I don't want to hear that word out of your mouth anymore.
1: That's good. That was, that was smart wife. <laughs> You know, so 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 I've got that book, which is going to be talking a lot about the that process of trust and rest and and working diligently and what that looks like and partnering with God versus feeling like you have to like everything depends on you. So therefore you have to grind it out 24 seven to often to the detriment of other things that are important in your life as well.
0: Right. There's there's two ditches, aren't there? There's the one ditch where you work yourself to death like a slave yep. because it's all about you. Yes. And then there's the opposite ditch, which is, well, if it's God's will, he'll just make it happen. I Like just it's going to fall out of the sit sky. Sit back and wait for it to happen and not do anything.
1: Yes, you exactly. Know, two two, two ditches that aren't going to work.
0: <laughs> right. You have to be kind of in the middle yep. and know that you need to do the work, but you do yes. it from a place of rest and not striving.
1: That's right. And that's the whole premise of, this, of that particular book.
0: That's cool.
1: So, so that, so that one's one. Um, also, with Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, we also do partner books where I didn't author the book, but we partnered with someone who wrote the book. Usually, I write the forward for that book, or you know, kind of help in that process, and usually write the forward, but I don't actually write the full content of the book. And so, we have one that's coming up. Um, we have all these books that are called like the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs Guide to a particular topic, and this one's going to be the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs Guide to Debt Free Business. Okay, so this there's a woman in our community who has grown a bakery, a storefront bakery, completely debt free. Um, The Lord's given her a lot of revelation as it relates to those who are willing to say, yes, I want to grow a business. I I don't want to be a slave to anybody. Right. Right. Financially. And so and I know that I can build a thriving, even a large and a thriving business completely debt free and that that's that's. And that's um, and you can do that with God. Right. So she's so he's been giving her revelation on this for probably like two or maybe three years now. And she's been walking it out in her own business. So she's writing that book. Um, She's been sending me pieces, you know, pieces of the book here and there for the past several months. And it's really good stuff. So she'll be finishing that one up. And then we've got one. Hang on, hang on, yeah. hang
0: on. Yeah, I want I to talk it. about that.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Because I have some friends who are trying to start up businesses. Yes. And one of the big things that they're wrestling with is the small business loan. Yes. Because you got to have capital. Well, people think you have to have capital to start up a business. And that means going into debt and taking out the loan. And, you know, a lot of times you go to a bank and. They say, okay, you're going to take on a $150,000 loan. Well, you have to have $30,000 cash uh, (laughs) collateral to get the loan. And a lot of people don't have the collateral to put down for the loan. So they kind of think, well, I'm I'm, I'm out of luck. It's just not going to work.
1: Right. And And a lot of people won't ask God for wisdom on how to do that. If their heart is, I want to do this and do this debt-free, but yet a lot of people won't even ask God for the wisdom on how to get it done another way. And they settle- for second best, which isn't a sin or anything. It's not like it's a sin to get a, to get a loan, but it's just not his best, right?
0: Right, right, exactly. And Denise and I, you know, we, we built our little business and we didn't take out any loans, no debt. That's right. Uh, we asked the Lord for wisdom. Yes. And he gave us dreams. Yes, he did. And he showed us strategies for marketing and strategies for getting the word out and for sales, and I was, I, I tell people, listen, i, I th- they probably think I'm crazy, but after I published my first book, Divine Healing Made Simple, yep. for the next four months after I published the book, every dream I had from the Lord was about marketing and promoting the book and nothing else,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was shocked because I did not know the Lord actually cared about money and entrepreneurism and being successful and getting the word out. And it wasn't like he wanted to make me some filthy rich person driving a gold Mercedes. Right. It was, (laughs) it was a, (laughs) it was a thing where he, he wanted this book to get out into the hands of people who could use it. Yes. And in the process, he was going to help me start up the business. That's right. That's right. And so as we, as we use the strategies that he gave us in the dreams, to get the word out about the book and Mm -hmm. the book, the popularity grew and sales grew. We just took the money that we got from Amazon from selling the book, put it into the business, bought some stuff, bought some more advertising, more money came in. We reinvested it back into the business, got some more, you know, things, kept reinvesting it. And now we're we're doing pretty darn well actually, which is why I quit my job as a paramedic because
1: that's right. I guess you don't miss it. I,
0: Oh my gosh!
1: You miss her? You miss it a I little bit, or what? I get to wake
0: up in the morning <laughs> and have coffee and breakfast with Denise every day, and she does her thing. She's got her easels over there, so she yep. her painting, and I'm at my computer, you know, writing and and editing and stuff. Um, I I love it, but the things we we yes. did it debt free, and yes. um, unfortunately, we just got bumped up into an, a higher tax bracket. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a good problem to have. It's a good thing,
1: have, a good thing right? <laughs> yes. But it's,
0: our, our, we're taking a huge hit on taxes for the rest of the year. Yeah. So yeah. we have to come up with a strategy. Well, the Lord has to give us <laughs> a strategy yeah. about how we're going to deal with that. But, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of excited about the new administration is... Mm-hmm.
1: I was going to bring he, that up if yeah. he can
0: push through Congress the business tax cuts it's going yes. to help a lot of people in business and who want to be entrepreneurs cuz yep. man taxes it, we're we're a, we are a, an S corp so yes. we are paying out payroll yes. so as employers we're paying payroll taxes mm-hmm. and we're paying paying out uh, social security you know medicare and all that stuff we're also having it come out as yep. employees so we're getting double dipped yes. on, on taxes and expenses yeah we pay an enormous amount of money in taxes um hmm. and we're and we're going to ask the lord for specific strategies for this coming year about how to streamline our business and minimize our tax burden and yes. uh bring in more revenue so that we can we can put out like I would love to be able to do video teaching, but um, mm-hmm. that that was going to probably re- maybe require hiring somebody to do all the things,
1: that, as far as editing yeah, and yeah, things of that nature. To, to do video editing yeah.
0: and help with the tech, the technology end of that. Right now, it's just me and Denise, and I can only right. do so much. If we could hire yes. somebody, that would be really awesome. Yeah. But you know, you're looking at yeah. paying insurance and all the expenses that go with that
1: or you hire a contractor. Like that's what or, I do with our podcast, right? So we have a podcast editor and we or, just or you or you contract a contractor, somebody. So it's not a that's, big
0: that's that's, you know, probably the best yeah. way to do it. But it it would be nice to have somebody mm-hmm. join us in uh, like a, on a, as a team member. But I but I've yeah. I heard yeah. so many bad stories about, about people in ministry. They partnered with someone <laughs> and then after a few years it went south. And then Right. You're you're stuck with this. You're stuck with this situation where it's uncomfortable. The vision isn't working. You're not on the same page. uh, And I I don't want to get into one of those situations where. So, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, I think in the next two or three years, the environment for entrepreneurism is going to be so much better. I really do. I really do.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping so. I mean, based off of. What seems to be on uh, his agenda related to that, especially especially if he's successful with the um, with that tax cut, then that that does open oh, up yeah. a lot of opportunities for for business. That's you yeah, know, a ton.
0: I mean, a ton. You know, I, I have I mean, friends who work friends in and investments in and banking investments outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. Outside and the US. they said, yes. "Look, there's a reason why they they uh, all these large corporations." have their headquarters in Dublin, Ireland. It's because Ireland has a 10% corporate tax rate. And why would you want to headquarter your company in the United States and pay 35, 38, 39% uh corporate tax when you can go to Ireland and pay 10% tax? Why would you why who would want to do that? So they have these huge buildings in in Dublin where all these corporations have their corporate offices. And it's really and, and very few people, people in there, there but that's <laughs> that's our official headquarters and that's where it's right. taxed at. Well, yeah, you know, Trump, yeah. his thing now is look, we are we could bring all these companies and all this revenue and business back to the states if we could get hip to you know, reasonable tax rates on businesses. So I I'm yeah. glad to see that's happening yeah. because man, our economy has been so <laughs> Devastating, and you know something—something something has to change, or it's not going to get better.
1: Yeah, it's been. Something has
0: to change, or. So, what about your third book? Yeah, one? yeah. So, what about your third
1: book? So, the third one is called "The Wild Ones," and the basis for—I don't—I don't know what the subtitle is going to be yet. There will be a subtitle. I'm not sure what the subtitle is yet, but the basis for that one is around the story of you know David. So, you know, here's David out, you know. He's he's doing all these amazing things and getting all his training with the Bears and you know he's he's doing all this stuff out where nobody can see, right? It's just that but he's you know sharpening sharpening his skills out there, right? And then someone's thinking about who's going to be king and they're they're lining up the lining up the Suns and it's like, no, not that one, that one or that one, not the ones that seem to look the part, not the ones that, you know, seem to be the right, you know, if you were kind of making your little checklist of who would be king, who would be good for king, you know? maybe we'd check off all the marks. It's like, no, anyone else? Anyone else? And then he's got like scraggly David out there, you know, wild hair, you know, whatever. And so the whole premise around the wild ones is that there's a lot of times where as entrepreneurs that, you know, God's given you something, giving you a pretty major assignment and you might even be feeling like, um, you might even be seeing a lot of people doing something similar, you know, maybe similar into the in the vein of what you're doing, and you're seeing, you know, you're seeing them get exposure in certain things, and you're kind of watching that, and you're like, Lord, you know, what about me? But in the in the meantime, you know, you're you're off in the field, like getting, you know, getting sharpened, you know, getting all of these things together in the back right. that nobody sees, right? In fact, you, you're able to do even a lot more with a lot. You might even be doing a lot more with a lot less resources, right? And so The Wild Ones is really almost like a, um, this one's actually written by a, a gentleman named David Burris. And it's, it's, I love it. He just kind of shared with me just kind of the premise and he gave me the outline for the book. But it's going to help a lot of people who are in like a weird phase where they're wondering, like, I just feel like I'm being, like I'm, I'm hidden, like I'm in this bubble and, I, and I'm, you know, you know, I'm feeling that, but yet I know what God's placed on the inside of me. So this is a book for the people who feel like they're in the bubble, the ones who are out in the field, but yet there's something in their heart for way more than that, right? And so it's going, so it's a kind of a combination of inspirational and instructional uh, with all the scriptural basis.
0: I I like that concept. So that one's going to be awesome too. That's one of the things that I run into a lot with aspiring authors. Yes. Because,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, as a, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you run into them too. People who feel like they have you know a book or a series of books in them, and they're really struggling to get going on writing. How do I get the word out? you know, I don't know anything about social media, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. I'm like, well, you know it's a process, and if you've been in that wilderness period where you're getting the revelation and you're getting the experiences. Um, that's the first part of the process is having something to write about. Yes. And then that's right. You come to the point where you have to start developing the ideas in a cohesive statement and writing some, writing some drafts. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: you know what I tell people, uh, is the the best time to start promoting your book is three years before you write it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's going to take <laughs> that long to build your website and get an audience, so that when you launch your book, you can actually right, right. Uh, let right, people will people actually know that you. There's you just people who are a waiting for it, uh, but it's yeah. it's a
1: process. Yes, it is a it is a process, and there's authors who go through that. There's people who are are speakers and teachers who go through that. Um, I mean, there's people with who have a business idea on their heart. I mean, they could be a barber, you know, and they but they've got this particular vision for something else, and they feel like ah, oh, you know, and they're seeing the best of the best in their industries, or you know, seeing these things, and they're like, wow, that's the best of the best. But the Lord is giving me something that I think is really yep. awesome, and it's different from that, you know. But but I feel like I'm over here, and I'm and and I, and I, and, I, and I'm hidden, and and then and then people who are really not even they're not even overly impressed by what they see, by the big names or the whatever where a lot of people are kind of like big fans they're like i respect what they're doing but they're not you know because they're like man i've had to i've had to fight some battles over here you know with so much less resources with you know with not a bunch of eyes on me or whatever so there's i think there's so many different types of business people that go through that phase but especially people who are like the you know writers You know, those authors, speakers, teachers, like particularly those types. Well,
0: you know. Yeah. You know it's all all about finding your mojo. Because it's easy for a writer or a business person, a a, a budding entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. to say, well, somebody else is already doing that. You know, somebody else is already successful at that. Somebody else already wrote a book on healing. Somebody else already has a business where, you know, they do, you know, lawn Uh, maintenance or whatever it is that you want to do. But the thing is, nobody is going to do it the way you do it. You have to do it uniquely your way with your identity and your stamp of individuality and uniqueness. And what people don't understand, a lot of them is they don't realize, look, there may be 30 different uh, companies in your town that do landscaping, but no one's going to do it the way you do it. You just need to find an angle you need to find something unique, right. a way of doing customer service, a way of presenting yourself yep. to your customers as different and better and unique. And people will want what you're doing. Sa- same thing with yeah, writing a book. That's exactly right. You know, people one of the reasons why people yep. like my books, there's tons of books on, on healing, but people like my book because they're like, Oh, you yes. take it and you break it down. So somebody who doesn't have, you know, a, a seminary you can understand it. A theology like, degree. Yep, that's my you know, unique selling point. You have to have something yes. that, you, that is unique that makes you stand out from everybody else. And a lot of people that's don't, right. don't really right. believe in themselves. I think that they have something unique, but everybody does.
1: That's right, and that's a discovery, and it's a, that's a discovery. <laughs> it is. Process, it is. Right? It totally is. And it's like so. In the meantime. You're trying to take someone else's template and like try to model after their that template, but that doesn't work because that's not you. Nope. You can, right? So you have to go through that process of yeah. discovery. You can
0: use social media templates and you can use, you know, uh, like email marketing strategies and yep. things of that nature. Yep. But the message, the, 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 the business itself, the logos, the identity, the way you're going to approach your customers. All of that has to be individual and unique for you. It can't be. That's right. It can't be a carbon copy of somebody else.
1: That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And then a part of the other angle with the wild ones is about the fact that a lot of times people feel like they, you know, they don't look because they don't look like, or there's something them that's kind of different from what they're used to, what people are used right. to seeing kind of on the stage or whatever, a certain kind of polish or a certain type of look or a certain type of style or whatever, but yet you're not any of those (laughs) things at all, you know, and, and that can be, uh, especially, you know, we're talking about, you know, folks in the kingdom, you know, you think about speakers on the big stage on certain topics in the kingdom and you're looking and like, wow, they're all decked out or they're all this or they're all that or whatever. And like, man, I've got purple hair. And I, you know what I'm saying? You know, those kinds of things that you can make you feel uncomfortable, but the wild ones is about embracing all of that, you know, embracing all of that uniqueness, right?
0: Well, and and the thing is for me, that's kind of why I resonate with a certain group of people, because unlike most of my contemporaries who are speakers and leaders within the church, went to seminary, went to Bible college. And have pastored yeah. churches and stuff like that. I'm yeah. a paramedic. Yeah. I'm a paramedic. <laughs>
1: you don't even want people to call no, you man of God. I, phrase, <laughs> man of God. Like,
0: don't call me man of God. Like, oh my gosh, that just that just makes me cringe when I hear that. That's so but, funny. You know what I found is my unique selling point, my unique yes. individual way of presenting the kingdom is I don't speak in Christianese.
1: I'm right. used to speaking yes. to
0: nurses and doctors and patients and paramedics yep. and firefighters and cops. So I yes. don't use the language of, you know, the, the people who have been, church. you know, church- churchianity. I, I don't yeah. use that language. <laughs> churchianity? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that kind of language. Right. I, I only right. use those concepts, as much as little as I need to, to get the message through.
1: You're a wild one, I am one, kind of a
0: wild one. But see, the you thing are. is, uh, I, I, I can't and don't want to be coming out of the mold that somebody else has already cut for me.
1: That's right. That's I,
0: right. I have a unique message. I have a unique style, a different yep. way of presenting information. And it yes. resonates with certain people. The other thing is, you know, a lot, a lot of my audience are church dropouts. They, they are people yeah. who have been kicked out of churches, abused by
1: for being a little too weird.
0: <laughs> or they've been abused by church leadership. Or they have had right. really horrible experiences being backstabbed in the church. Um, yeah. They've had uncomfortable... A lot of people have actually suffered emotional trauma in, in church settings. Yeah. So they don't connect with uh, the church in a normal way. And yeah. probably 60 or 70% of my following on Facebook... Uh, people are church dropouts, ex-leaders, former,
1: wow, former leaders
0: who have been kicked out mm-hmm. of positions, people who just have had really bad experiences. And see, when when the Lord showed me seven, eight years ago that he wanted me outside of the regular Sunday church meetings, you know, uh, yes. some of my friends who, who are still going to like regular church meetings every Sunday, mm-hmm. whatever. They're always trying to get me to go back into the church. Oh, you, need, you right. need to be with the brothers. You need to be with, in the congregation. Yeah, you have to have fellowship. And I'm like... You're like, I have fellowship? You sat next to me <laughs> and saw how much time I spend on Facebook praying for people, teaching, uh, hanging out with my friends and conversing and yes. teaching and learning and all that stuff. You, like... I, my church life never stops. It's just not inside yes. of a building once a week on Sunday. That's right. It's, 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 a, That's it's an right. ongoing thing. But the thing is, my what I found was when the Lord, when I got kicked out of a church <laughs> after I got divorced. Yes.
1: That is your story, yeah. right?
0: Um, the Lord said, look, it's okay. Um, I have a plan. Just follow me. Watch yes. watch what I do. So uh, when, when I talk to my my friends and followers, it's from a uh, it's from a perspective that's very unique for most church leaders. Yes. Most church leaders are in the church building on a regular basis. I'm not. I'm on social right. media. And that's right. I, I don't have their background. I don't have their history and experience. I don't talk to my friends the way they talk to their friends. Um, right. I, I try to treat people as, you know, I, I'm just another average Joe who has yet uh, Who has an axe to grind against uh, religious institutions <laughs> 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 although I'm getting some emotional healing on that <laughs> that's a process yeah, too. I mean, yeah the thing is that is uh, that kind of makes me one of those wild ones
1: it, and, it really and there's does. a lot of
0: people out there that are like that
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of people like that. if it's not because of that particular reason, it's for some other reason you know it's just there's so many people who just don't fit into what seems to be the typical mold, right? right of of who gets a large, a significant, influential platform, let's say, right. Right? right? Yeah. And so so when people look at that, when they're like, wow, what the Lord's shown me was this significant platform, but I, I'm seeing that, that's what he's shown me, but everything that I'm seeing around me, <laughs> Looks nothing exactly. like that, yeah. you know? Exactly. Right. So it's that, it's that process of, you know, of what you're doing during that time that you're hidden and the time that you're protected and the time that you're developing and, and getting okay with all of that uniqueness yep. <laughs> and adding your personal stamp and all of those things and how God will open doors at the right time, yep. right? Um, as you're being diligent in that area. And that's,
0: and that's the key. The key is if you try to, if you are a round peg, and you try to fit yourself yes. in that square hole, the door is not going to open, because there that's is right. a door over there for round pegs. And until you go through yep. that door, <laughs> you're just going to be a frustrated round peg trying to fit the square yep. hole. And that's you know, exactly we're right. We're kind of trained that way. We're we're told to fit in and to you know be like everybody else and don't do anything that's a little weird. You know, kind of be yes. predictable and. And cookie cutter Christianity and cookie cutter entrepreneurism, you know, all these people who have strategy models for creating businesses and being successful. Well, you can use some of their strategies, but ultimately you you don't want to be a cookie cutter business person. You have to do exactly
1: the the Lord.
0: This is the thing. The Lord will give you specific, unique strategies that will work for you and nobody else.
1: That's right. Holy Spirit, COO. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Chief marketing officer, chief operating officer, chief development officer, you know, chief financial officer. It's like, no, he actually cares about all that stuff. And I love your story about how uh, when you wrote Divine Healing Made Simple, how you would have, I mean, he would speak to you very specifically. I mean, with you, he speaks in dreams a lot, but he was very, very specifically giving you strategy. Exactly for how to deal with this book exactly. that you wrote. Exactly, because I didn't know marketing, anything. It's marketing yeah, strategy. Like,
0: I don't know anything. I'm a paramedic. What do I know about marketing yeah. and promotion? Yep. But you know, the Holy yes. Spirit, he just said, said, look, do this, do that, and you know, obey, so I obey. And then he's like, okay, yes. good. Now try this. And I'm like, okay, try that. Yes. All right, now that you got that down, try this. And as That's you right. obey, and as you follow that unique strategic plan that he gives you, he gives you more and more steps, opens more doors, me- connects right. you to more people that's right. so you can build a network. And yes. uh, that's how he does it.
1: That's how he does it. I got to tell you one other thing. So this is outside of books, but big, big on my heart next year, um, it's all media. It's really all, a lot of it's media related. So that's on the book side. But the thing that's also been on my heart, and I'm, this is brand new for me, is in the area of uh, video. So the idea is, the goal is that I actually want to create, produce, create these like mini films, like, you know, 10 minute, you know, no more than 10 minute or so. These mini films that are testimonies of God at work in the marketplace. Okay. So for example, the very first one that I want to share is called The Bakery That Jesus Built. And it's actually the story. uh, It's just a crazy, awesome, crazy faith, miraculous provision type of story of how um, Alicia, who's writing the Guide to Debt-Free, the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur's Guide to Debt-Free Business, went from home bakery to storefront bakery, completely debt-free, very little money out of her pocket even, just the way God orchestrated that whole thing, right? And it's an amazing story, but I have other ones too, um, some that are related to healing that happened, you know, within the marketplace, you know, all these various things. But i I want to capture another way of telling stories. So we've been doing a lot of print, but I also want to be able to do this from video because I think being able to share a story in video has a whole nother dimension to it. You know, it's a whole nother dimension to uh, share your story that way. And so that is, I've got like four, four that I want to do, you know, that are all marketplace testimonies, really powerful ones, uh, in film, short film. But this is so brand new. Like, I don't, uh, I've never done anything like it. I don't know anything really about film industry. I don't, you know, I just know how to tell, I know how to tell a good story. (laughs) So I've been going through this process of learning. I actually spent um, a handful of months just sewing. Because whenever I've got a dream into something, I always want to sew into helping it happen for someone else, you know. So I found a ministry that does, that that's what they do. They're actually, they're a 501c3, but all they do is create testimonies they're not marketplace testimonies necessarily but all they do is create these awesome films that just share jesus you know great stories and so um so i've just been sewing into their ministry and also in the process been chatting with their operational manager and she's been really helpful for helping me think about some of the technical details or or helping me connect some of the dots and you know even from a resource perspective for funding these things and i'm just believing god i was like god um you know, I'm a passionate storyteller. You know what I say, God, give me awesome stories to tell. I'll tell them from the rooftop. You know, I just, but I just, and I believe in his provision to make every single one of them happen. But it's different because for a business, it's not like these are, um, it's unlike a book where it's like you create the book and you sell the book. These are videos. These are videos that sure, they're going to say kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com and invite them to be part of a community and and accept this invitation that we have with God to do business and partnership with him. But it's really, I mean, that's a substantial investment to make in something that's not like a direct, you know, a direct sales, you know, a direct sales vehicle, right? right? And so it's not something that we would traditionally do at this level of revenue in our business to do something like that. Right, because that's got to be a fairly
0: substantial investment in doing film. Yeah,
1: yeah, yep. So um, nevertheless, Watch and see. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I believe it
0: will be awesome. You know, you're not going to be reinventing the wheel, obviously. You're, you're already connecting no. with people who are doing this and getting some yes. good uh, counseling and advice yep. as to what are, the, you know, I mean, learn from somebody else's mistakes and yep. let them kind of coach you and show you how, how to best do it. Uh, that sounds like exactly. a great idea. Um, I really want to start doing video classes. Oh, it's just an issue of time. You know, I'm, I'm struggling yeah. to set time aside just to write my books, much less record and edit videos. Uh, <laughs> I have all these, I have I these hear millions you. of things I want to do, but no, not enough time to do them all. You know, I wanted to tell you one thing. You said 501c3. that? Yeah. Some people have asked why we're not a 501c3. Oh, I right. know why you're Oops. not a 501 <laughs> <laughs> Why did we go with, with an S-Corp? Of yeah. 501C3. Well, yes. It's, it's not about it's not about politics. What is it about? Because here's what a lot of people don't understand. They they know about the 501c3 and they know yes. about the Johnson Amendment, which yes. basically says if you are a 501c3, you're not supposed to talk about elections and back politicians or you can lose your 501c3 status. Well, that's what the Johnson Amendment says, but actually, I don't think, I've looked at case law, I don't think any 501c3 has actually lost their tax-exempt status due to that, due to violating that law. It's on the books, okay. but I don't think it's ever been enforced.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: But, you know, Trump is, has said he wants to get rid of that, which, which is a good thing. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing for most preachers to be uh, supporting political candidates from the. I but I, I agree. I, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. But the, the the actual reason why we're not a five hundred one C three is there is an enormous amount of paperwork you have to fill out yes. to do the five hundred one C three. You have to yeah. answer all these questions. It's a process where they evaluate you. You have to have a board. And yes. you have to have board meetings. And it's just a lot of jumping loops yep. that we didn't want to do.
1: And not just at its initial onset, but on an That's ongoing basis. basis. Right. Yes.
0: But there's another tax um, status that most people do not know about, have never heard of. Even a lot of tax experts have never heard of it. Don't know what it's about. It's called 508C1A.
1: 508C1A?
0: Yes. 50 okay. 508 C1A okay. It's a tax exempt status uh, Non-profit
1: Okay
0: Has Does not require a board The paperwork you fill out for it Is like two pages You can get approved in 48 hours What? <laughs> you The Johnson amendment does not Apply to 508 C1A
1: who is creating these? What kind it of organizations? Been,
0: it has been on the books forever. Uh-huh. It's just nobody knows about it because the government wants people to become 501c3s.
1: So is it only governmental-related nonprofits no, that are actually using this right now? It's designed
0: for churches and religious organizations. It's designed for churches? No, the, the IRS wants wants churches to be under the 501c3 so they right. can control them. Yes. They don't want People to know that there's another tax designation they could file, which is 508C1A. The there is an organization called Helping Hands Outreach. Okay. Write it down. You uh-huh. can contact them, and they help mostly churches and faith-based organizations get go through, understand how that structure works, fill out the paperwork, submit it, and um, and. We, Become a, a 508 C1A. Um, we have not. So what are
1: the, what's the bad? Where's the? There's pros and cons to most decisions. What would be the cons for this one?
0: I don't know of any cons, actually. You haven't discovered I haven't any. Haven't found any. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, I, I don't know that there's any downside to it. Um, hmm. That, like I said, I, I'm going to put in the podcast notes on my on my end, yeah. a link to Helping Hands Outreach. These folks, um, are, uh, they're an organization and I'm trying to remember if they they themselves are a non-profit or not. I don't remember. They they charge okay. a fee to assist people yes. in going through the paperwork and getting their 508 C1A set up. Um, right. But it looks to me like there is very little or no downside to doing this. It's just that people don't know about it. Huh. Um, We we are looking at the possibility of of doing the 508C1A next year. The only problem is most of my income for our business is book royalties. And I I don't know if royalties can be considered... a tax-exempt form of income or not.
1: Oh, I see. I've
0: heard that these guys with Helping Hands Outreach have assisted one guy who is an author. He's a pastor, but he also writes a lot of books. And I've heard that they have actually set him up with a 508C1A where where his um, book royalties are tax-exempt. If if that's true and they can do that for us, we're considering the possibility of doing that next year, and then we would be uh, a, a, a nonprofit. Uh,
1: wow! But and it, which also means that people can make tax deductible contributions.
0: People can make tax deductible contributions right now. Here's, here's the tax laws. People <laughs> do not understand how the tax laws work. All right. Here's how they work. By default. Anybody who is involved in any kind of Christian ministry, whether it's a prayer ministry or a healing ministry or preaching the gospel or you know, evangelism or whatever it is you're doing, if it's a faith-based uh, endeavor that you are doing, you are by default a tax-exempt organization. You do not have to apply to the government to get a 501c3 or any other tax-exempt status to be tax-exempt. This is what people don't not understand. You do not have... We... we you, do you see yes, my face? I know. We take okay. donations. <laughs> we take donations from people all the time. And they can legitimately write it off on their taxes. The, the position has always been with the IRS, and it's always been this way historically, if you are involved in anything that is considered to be furthering humanities, faith-based organizations, anything like that, there's there's a there's a list of them where you are uh, endeavoring to help mankind. Uh, you are considered by the IRS code to be tax exempt by default, without applying. For tax exempt status, you are automatically tax exempt. It's always been that way.
1: So then, why why apply for tax exempt status of any sort, of any kind, a five hundred one c three or a five hundred eight, whatever, whatever, whatever? Because people
0: think that they have to do that, but they don't actually have to do it. So, what we're so it's more like a marketing
1: thing, so that people believe that that it's actually tax deductible.
0: (laughs) I hate to say this, but in fact, the the whole. Uh, 501c3, all those tax categories. It's kind of a little... Um, Say it's a racket? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Jedi mind trick that the government has kind of put over on us.
1: <laughs> so, I've got some research to so, do, buddy. So here's,
0: here's the thing. When Denise and I formed our business, we decided and we, we researched the tax laws. Right. And we have a CPA and you know we're, we're doing everything by the book. But here's here's the thing, because we because I'm I'm a guy who writes and teaches on the Christian faith. Yes. Right. I am by default in involved in a tax exempt endeavor. It's tax exempt. So anyone who donates to my website, through my website, to my PayPal, to my ministry, they can take a tax deduction for that donation even though I'm not a 501c3. You don't have to be a 501c3 in order for people to donate to what you're doing and it ha- to write it off their taxes. If that endeavor is considered tax-exempt by the virtue of what they're doing, then your, dedu- your donation is, can be deducted. Whether they have a 501c3 doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. So people who donate to me they can write it off their taxes. We And you tell them such. Right. Well, no, I don't. No, I don't.
1: <laughs> you don't. <No. laughs> Wait, so this is what I'm trying to. to get
0: underneath. If, this is to. Like... if people want to donate to my ministry and they want to deduct it from their taxes, it's legal.
1: That's, yeah, if that's they, on them if, and they if can if do they that legally. If they don't want to
0: deduct it from their taxes, they don't have to. Right, right. <laughs> pay taxes on their donations. Yes. Because all of the, all of the money that we bring in comes into our our S corporation. Yes. Right, we're paying corporate taxes. We pay ta- yes. tax on everything we bring in. That's yes. our choice. We right. could be a 501c3 if we wanted to. Yeah. We've chosen not to. But Got it. because we because we hit this big bigger tax bracket this year.
1: Now it's like actually it's looking like, like hmm. oh
0: <laughs> maybe we want to consider a little more painful. <laughs> I mean, Denise and I have been talking about it for a while about do we want to become an actual tax-exempt, you know, right. government thing, or do we want to remain an S-corp? We're not sure where we're going to go with that. Yet. But
1: you're like a tax-exempt S-corp,
0: just not because you're <laughs> you, doing you faith-based you, stuff, but you can't say that. You, you, yeah, yeah. we are The, the ministry that we're doing is tax-exempt, but yes. we chosen for the purposes of our tax filing to, co- to uh, organize as an S-corporation. Right. Um, it's it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> I,
1: I've got a few conversations to have oh, yeah. as a result yeah. of this so conversation. For all of
0: you entrepreneurs out there and all of you faith-based people, you know, I've been trying to tell Lance Wall now this forever because yeah. Lance is afraid of the five hundred one c three the Johnson Amendment, where he's been because he's been a huge, oh, huge yeah. He's been, yeah. Leader, and he's yeah. a little bit nervous about. Having his 501C3 yanked because he's one of the only leaders that's out there talking about Trump. Right. Well, I've been trying to tell Lance that I don't know him and he doesn't know me. I, I'll send him messages on Twitter. <laughs> Check into 508C1A. And I never he never responds. And he's right. He's, he is now looking at creating a separate entity that he can talk about politics from that's domestic <laughs> from his ministry. Right. Afraid of the 501c3 thing. I'm
1: right. Like, right. Well,
0: most people don't know that I, as far as I know, no one's ever actually been prosecuted and lost their tax exempt status for doing that. But right. Hopefully, um,
1: doesn't mean you can't, but the precedent yeah. has been set that, the, that it has not taken place. I, as far I, as you know.
0: I just wanted to let people know that there is another option out there. Yeah. Uh, if they're looking at going tax exempt, you don't have to do five hundred one c three. Right. It's it's a huge headache, and it's not necessary.
1: Good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got like three phone calls. I have like three phone calls to <laughs> make. <laughs> a little bit of research to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, it's seriously if worth if researching we and looking do, into. Yeah. If we're going to do tax exempt, it's definitely going to be 508C1A. We're, right. we're not even going to look at 501C3 because it's just too much paperwork, too much hassle, too much nonsense, and we're not, we're not down for that. Yeah. So.
1: yeah. It's good stuff, man. Wow.
0: Two. I love it. I love it. Two. We always learn stuff, don't we, when we talk? <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.